Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Brazil, and this is a show where I got to co- I get to talk about sports, I get to talk about business, and I get to talk about everything in between. Today, my incredible guest, I have Jason Bergman. He is the founder and CEO of Market Price. Jason's got a pretty cool story. I'm excited to ask him some questions. Jason, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm pumped to talk to you, man. I've listened to your intro. I love the podcast. Uh, I am just honored to be here. So thanks for the opportunity. And Let's have some fun. You asked some awesome questions, so I'm Thanks. I'm ready, man. Hey, man, you don't need to pump me up. I'm here to pump you up. So you got nothing to worry about there, man. I'm very excited for it. You've listened to the show a few times. So you know exactly what's coming. It's the For the Love of Sports podcast, so I got to know, why do you love sports so much? Oh, man, you threw me for a loop. I had no idea this was coming. Oh, it's not gosh. like you ask it every single episode. Every single, uh, only 250 <laughs> episodes deep. You know what the funniest part is too? Because you ask that question to some people on the podcast and it's like, oh, I, you know, a lot of different reasons That's why I, I love sports. It. That's why yeah, I Yeah. So, and you know, it's funny because I knew it was coming and I'm like, shoot, it kind of is because a bunch of different reasons, mm-hmm. but I can't say that because then I'll just look like unprepared. Yeah. But I think the the cool story for me with sports is, you know, I was always a huge sports fan and I'm a really weird sports fan. So I just grew up loving the athletes that I thought that I kind of associated myself with so like i'm a huge phoenix suns fan just because i was the short white guy with long hair who liked to pass first so yep steve nash fell in love with uh ended up meeting him later in life and it didn't really go well which we could talk about afterwards um but also in football i'm a huge uh philadelphia eagles fan oh just because again i I was yeah well did you tell me that before I don't think so because i wouldn't have let you come on the show i would not have let you come on the show if i knew you were oh why you're a huge Giants fan yeah well I hate everything Philadelphia I hate that oh, place. okay worst place on all planet right. Earth. anyway just keep going never mind I'm Michael sorry. thanks for having me this is a lot of fun it, this okay, was cool. fun dude yeah. two and a half minutes it was an absolute <laughs> pleasure Jason yeah uh no so I'm a, I'm a huge Eagles fan because of Brian Westbrook huge Suns fan because Steve Nash but for me growing up at least with sports I always played soccer and I love soccer and I was always like the last defender. Right. And I remember playing travel and playing in high school and playing in middle school but the thing is I was always like deathly shy. Like I just didn't like talking to anybody and I couldn't start conversations. And yeah, sure. I had some friends, but like I had to, I remember my friends asking me like, Hey Berg, like, why do you, why do you never talk? Why do you never open your mouth and, and speak when we're all hanging out? And it was just like, I remember saying, I was like, cause I have nothing to say. And I just would never talk. And in soccer, it allowed me to like open myself up. Right. Cause I was the last band. So I was yelling at people like, Oh, come back, cover this guy in the middle. And I was just kind of coaching and yelling at everybody because I was the last man as the defender. And I always think that like I would talk the most on the soccer field by a mile. Like I would talk more at soccer practice than I would all day at school. And it sort of just allowed me to cool. Like talking actually isn't that bad. And I can yell and I can open my mouth. And it is actually fun communicating with other people. And I know it sounds a little silly, but that was one of my like biggest sports memories where, you know, again, I was, I was really shy. And then on the soccer field, I was just, you know, you can't tell I'm a video comp five, seven, but like, you don't want to see me. You don't want to be an attacker when you have myself and the Roslyn dogs defense coming at you. Um, and you know, that's something that allowed me to, and gave me a lot of confidence, even just as a person being on the sports field. So that laid a really awesome foundation for why I really love sports. Yeah. And I think that it's, it's really important to understand, right? Like you, get into sales pretty quickly in your career. Uh, probably not going to be great at sales. Yeah, probably, probably can't be good at sales if you're not interested in talking to people, right? If you are if you don't have that ability to communicate and have a real conversation with someone, 
uh, you're probably going to be terrible at sales. Uh, shout out everyone out there. Now you can learn that. You can get better at it, of course. And that's the important part, right? As, as both of us, I'm sure have. But you, it, it's real difficult to get into sales if you're that shy because have fun making 100, 200 phone calls a day, sending 150 emails, getting rejected consistently and constantly. Um, it's it's not that fun. But when you do get those sales, it is pretty sweet. So I do want to hop into yeah. that aspect of your career. You started out a couple of places. You did some stuff. The one that really shouts out, uh, you were the sales manager at Open Sponsorship. You were what, one uh, employee number five, three? First, sale, first, first sales hire. Okay. So it was two, two developers, the CTO and then uh, just a front-end developer, the CEO. And then myself, I came on board as the first sales hire. So like, let's let's sell this thing. What are we yeah. selling and who are we and, selling it to? <laughs> yeah. What, what am I doing? This sounds like fun, but what am I doing? Like, yeah. I think it, yeah. Open Sponsorship. So I've had people from Open Sponsorship on here. I've had people from Open Doors on here. Now I've had, now I, I get the opportunity to speak with you, Market Price. And now all these companies do something similar, but they all do it differently. So I'm excited to jump mm-hmm. into Market Price, but I'm kind of curious from your standpoint, right? You had a couple jobs. You were work, you were in full-time career for a little while. Then you get this opportunity to work at a company where you're going to get to work with brands. You're going to get to work with teams and leagues and athletes. And as you said, you love sports. You love doing all that stuff. What is it like outside of that? What is it like hopping into a tech startup as employee number four? That has to just be, that has to be wild, I'm assuming, right? Oh man, it was so it was ridiculous, and it was so stressful. Because also, because you're in an office space where it's the size of like it's it's honestly smaller than this dining room table that I'm sitting. Yeah, at. I was gonna say my my basement to probably could fit you f- the four of you guys, but that's about it. I'm assuming. And you're all at one table, and it's the CEO who's never he wasn't on the phone. Two developers who are, have you know they're they're always computer they're on their computers they're not speaking. And for me, actually, the first week I was there, the first couple of weeks I was there, we were in the, okay, cool, like, who are we selling this to stage of the business? So what that meant was a lot of falling flat on your face. Mm-hmm. And when you're falling flat on your face in the first couple of weeks of a job in front of other people, when yeah. I was 24 years old, like it, it, it was really hard. And it's something where, you know, one of my favorite books is it's, um, it's by Jeff Shore and it's. The, the biggest lesson I got from it is just be comfortable in the uncomfortable because that's when you know that you're growing. Mm-hmm. And like I would write on a post-it note and put it under my mouse pad of just like, you're going to thank yourself later for this. And I would look at it every day when I would just get declined because what I was doing is I would go on Yelp.com because we didn't have any companies. Like this is before I signed up Anheuser-Busch and Vitamin Shop mm-hmm. and awesome companies. I would go on Yelp.com and I would type in car dealership and I would put the location as New York. And I would just call down every single car dealership in New York. And then after lunch, I would do the same thing in Seattle and Los Angeles and California. Holy shit. And it was just really hard because I'm like, hey, you know what? We have some athletes that are based in New York. Would love to get you paying $10,000 a year for this open sponsorship membership. Obviously, I didn't say that right off the bat. But like that is what I'm calling them for. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I would probably call 100 people. I'd get declined. 80 times. And mm-hmm. that was just by not even talking to the direct decision maker. And maybe I'd get a couple wins. And like you said, those couple wins were awesome. And those couple wins were even just allowing the, me to show off the platform. So obviously, I, you know, I spent three years there and we came a long way from cold calling down Yelp to signing up some enterprise massive companies like Anheuser Bush and Vitamin Shop and thousands of other really cool companies. Uh, obviously, it led me to Market Price, which I'm excited to tell you all about. But the fact that I was the first sales hire there allowed me to really see from the ground up 
learn from our users, learn from every single brand I talk to, learn from agents, learn from athletes. What was the actual problem that they were struggling mm -hmm. with? And what was the solution that we should have been able to provide them with? Unfortunately, we weren't providing with them the exact solution that they were looking for at Open Sponsorship, um, which led me to creating MarketPrice. Like you said, similar. However, the way that we address the problem that they were experiencing is entirely different. I think it's it's right. It's it's really important, as you said. You looked at that notepad every day. So you'll you'll thank yourself later for this and. Yeah. Here you are uh, doing some pretty cool stuff that I'm sure you're like, you know, pretty grateful. I did all those uh, called every single car dealership in in Seattle. But doing that in front of your in, like it doesn't matter if you're how. First off, I don't believe anybody really loves sales. I think people love making sales, mm -hmm. but the all encompassing sales. Nobody loves getting rejected. Like literally our brains are like, we don't like this. So biologically, yeah. psychologically, not about it. But making those sales is really awesome. Yep. That's when you get those that, that hidden of endorphins, which is fun. But doing that in front of other people and then kind of like quietly judging you, I'm sure. And, and you know, being like, oh, why did you say it like that? And now I'm sure yeah. feedback is very, very important, right? Especially from the CEO who you're sitting across from sitting next to. I'm sure that would be helpful. But what was that aspect of it like? And how quickly did you get over, especially those first couple of weeks of just making hundreds of phone calls? getting told no, like how much of a, that was a conversation or how much of it was, you know, you were sitting at a table of four, but you were a hundred percent just an, on an Island by yourself while the oh, other yeah. three of them are doing what they needed to do to make sure this company kept stayed afloat for the next two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it was just, it was really hard. The, the hardest part is like the stories that you tell yourself in your head that every single person oh, has, yeah. of, 100%. I would get up, I'd get off the phone and I'd get hung up on, and I was like, oh, shoot, like, did I just sound horrible? Like, yep. did I say um too many times? Did I say something wrong? Did I mispronounce something where it's like any little mistake is magnified times four because everyone is listening mm -hmm. and you're so close and it, it's really stressful. But then again, it kind of helped me grow a lot faster because it's like, all right, I can't just make any calls. Like I need to be ready for this. So I would go home and I would just pitch to myself in the mirror, like as corny as it sounds. And I would just try to memorize what I was saying so I wouldn't mess up and I wouldn't fall flat on my face. And, you know, I think the thing that made it a little bit, and again, it's like, I, you've said this on previous episodes, right? Like you learn different things from different people and you mm -hmm. kind of add them to yourself. And I, I like to call it like a content. I said diet. that? Yeah. You guys, That's I think you talked smart. about it on a podcast. Wow. Yeah. And shout out it, me. That sounds is, pretty good. Shout out Michael Rasil one, find him on Twitter, social media, everywhere. Um, sorry, I know you don't like Twitter, you're, but you're perfect. Worst place on planet Earth. Anyway. Anyways, not to spend too much time on Twitter. The thing that I learned there is we didn't have the best team mentality. And that was one thing that didn't allow us to take the next step as a company where we're all in it together. And like you said, like, why'd you say this and why'd you say that? That was kind of commonplace, unfortunately, where that's not how a leader should kind of mm -hmm. act and as a team should act where it's like, we're in this together. All right. Like where did we mess up and where can we actually step up and, and go to the plate? And that's one thing at market price. And again, we'll, we'll get into it. The team that we've built, we have four full-time people, like they're unbelievable. And it's a full team mentality. It's like if marketing slips up or sales slips up or developers slip up, it's all of us in it together and we're all in it together to solve it. And that's one thing like, Day one, they come onto market price. They know how important team is and the team mentality is. And, you know, we had a, we actually had a quarterly, like we just finished our first quarter as a business or in two days we will. So yeah, very excited. Thank you for the snaps. And, you know, I asked everybody to come to that quarterly meeting with the three biggest wins that they had from the quarter. Could have been anything, could have been mm -hmm. personal, could have been as a business, could have been as little as like, I did this 
this thing and this worked specifically or super broad. And literally all four of us said the team that we've built is one of the biggest wins that we mm-hmm. have from the quarter because that's the foundation. That's the rock that we kind of go off of. And I mean, that gives me the superpowers of like, great, we could conquer anything that we want in the sports world. And, you know, we have some pretty big visions. I try to stay in the weeds as much as possible on how to really grow and make sure we get to where we want to go. But I mean, that's the biggest thing for, for me. I learned like how important team is in lack of a team, as well as like with a good team, how much you could do and how big of a Mm -hmm. difference that makes. hundred percent. I'm seeing a lot of parallels, obviously to what you've built for people, for people, athlete platform, athlete platform. There's a lot of positives that come from it. And you were at uh, Open Smart Trip three years, correct? Yeah. Three years. So what Just over about. those yeah. give or take, I'm not here to split hairs. What what were what were some of the lessons that you learned along the way that like I, I go no, let's start with this. When did you know you wanted to create your own version of this? Yeah, it's a really good question. So I don't I don't think it was uh oh that day, that time that thing happened. For me, I was talking to I was the first sales hire, which meant I was signing up brands. Mm-hmm. If brands signed up, if they had a question, they would be me. I was signing up agents. I was signing up athletes. If any of them were combining for a deal, that was me managing it mm-hmm. entirely by myself with zero sports marketing industry experience. You looked me up on LinkedIn. I worked at Yelp and Robley, an email marketing startup mm-hmm. where I met my co-founder now. Um, but I had zero sports marketing in- experience. So I was learning on the fly. And I was supposed to be the person that was helping them do the deals better and again, these were like athletes and agents and brands who have done this before. So it was a little bit of fake it till you make it in, in that sense. But the biggest real learnings that I had was of like when I wanted to get to market prices, you need to be able to solve problems. And you touched on it earlier. And Michael, I love you. I disagree in the slightest. Just of the extroverts aren't always the best salespeople. Actually, mm-hmm. introverts are really good salespeople. And I would definitely consider myself an introvert because of how important listening is and understanding the problems and being able to be like, cool, now you get to a point where you've heard problems so often that it's mm-hmm. commonplace. Yeah. They can look entirely different people, but if they have the same problem, a similar solution is going to work for them. And for us, the way that our business model was set up at Open Sponsorship, it didn't align perfectly with the, the brand's problems and the athlete's problems and the agent's problems. For example, we were charging brands a, a membership of 400 or $800 a month to get access to the platform and then they had to pay athletes, and then they had to understand the ROI that they were getting. So what would happen is brands were leaving all the time because they weren't able to see like Facebook ads. You spend 5K, you'll get 25K in sales. Mm -hmm. It's pretty easy. Athlete sponsorship is not always the same way, for better or for worse. There's definitely ways that you can take advantage of it, but it wasn't a straight ROI, which led to a lot of brands kind of when they were leaving. Again, I was the one handling those phone calls. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why are you leaving? And it's like, I can't understand the ROI. That was the main thing. For athletes and agents, we took a 20% fee. And that's something where I'm like, well, why why, why do you why do you like the concept of open sponsorship, but you hate using it? And they're like, because you take 20% of every single deal. If agents take 20% and you take 20%, mm-hmm. what is the athlete left with? And I understand that. And I would always have to fight these users on this. I'm like, man, this is so frustrating. After three years, what what if I just stopped slamming my head against the wall and made a business? where our business model lined up with the success of the actual users. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we have over 150 companies signed up to market price. We have over 500 athletes and agents, and we just finished our first quarter. It's because our business model perfectly aligns with those users on our platform and our users love us for it. 
And that's been the real coolest part where the best part about sales is yes, signing people up. But when they're like, I love market price mm-hmm. and this is unbelievable. And I look at our platform and I'm like, really, you love this? Like we have so much room to grow already. That's the part where I'm like, you know, going to sleep with a big smile on my face. Uh, that is awesome. But, yeah. Yeah. And I think, again, it's it's important to just understand problems. And that's where a lot of salespeople run into and slam their head against the mm-hmm. wall. If you can't, you you created a solution for what you think might be a problem when in reality that's you all you did was just create more problems and like you might get paid for that solution and it sounds really cool and there's good things Uh that can come from it but then you have to fix all the problems that you made with your quote-unquote solution and you were in a really unique position right to show up at a company who i think is pretty revolutionary like the way they set it up you know shout out all the people over there i think like the way open sponsorship, open doors. They, they, again, they sound similar, do similar things, but they're actually very different companies. Um, and the, it's just such a cool thing. Cause now we're seeing companies like yours pop up and I'm sure there's many, many more that are going to be happening soon too. And it's just for a way for athletes and brands to connect because you know, we have this thing called, uh, the internet. So why don't we use it? Right? Like, why don't we utilize that and let people do what they want to do? And I think that's the important part. And so with that, as you said, you know, you kind of, you kept hearing the same problems, kept hearing the same problems. You didn't or weren't or couldn't create the solution to create, uh, to fix those problems. When did you start writing down all those problems and being like, this is how I would do it. This is how I would do it. Cause you seem like the kind of guy that writes yeah. stuff down, if I'm not mistaken. Like, how did you, when did you start kind of creating? Yeah. Please show me your notebook. When did you how start? How the hell creating? did you know there that I have go. a, yeah, wow. man, it's a, it's, it's I used to be a post-it. I used to be a post-it guy, man. It's like, I read this tweet the other day and it's like, yeah, sure. Sex is great. But if you ever cross something off your to-do list. Oh yeah. And like that's, oh yeah. That's me. Like the the to-do list cross off. So absolutely. Well, to each his own. We'll start with that. To each his own. I just want you to be happy. That's all that matters. No, yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, (laughs) no, in sincerity though, when did you start kind of putting some of these ideas down? When did you start having like the, this is how I would do it. This is how I would do it moments. Because as you said, there was never a specific time that you wanted to create your own thing. But at some point along the way, you probably were like, man, if I had control of this thing, this is how I would do it. And when did that start to culminate? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I tried to do it open sponsorship, actually, um, because I uh, I was like, great, this is revolutionary. Absolutely. Um, I love what we're doing here. I was the first sales hire. So like I could kind of do yeah, almost everything I wanted yeah. other than change the actual like pricing. But the thing is with startups is like, you need to test something before you scale something out. Absolutely. And I tried to say like, Hey, like let's give brands a free trial. Let's have them try and sign up, put a credit card down for two weeks. And then when athletes apply, be able to just send out, we tried it. And again, it, it worked a little bit, but the thing is it just, we wouldn't be able to roll anything out because I could only do so much and I couldn't approve mm-hmm. of like a full business model switch because we were kind of in too deep. Yeah. Um, so I tried to do the free trial. Brands love signing up for free trial. A lot of them did it, but then maybe they would sign up and they would not use it or they would sign up and then they would, you know, I tried it there for the free trial. Then I thought, well, for agents and athletes, what if we didn't charge them a member? What if we didn't charge them a commission and we just charge them a membership fee because everyone wants a return on their investment. Mm-hmm. If we take 20% of their deals, they're always going to try to go off the platform. They're going to yeah, see, let's say, Oliver's Apparel, go on LinkedIn, find the marketing manager, send them an email directly, and go off the platform. So why don't they, instead of giving a percentage, why don't they sign up and they would pay like a monthly membership where they'd be able to see, cool, like if I sign up and it's 100 bucks a month, but if I close a deal for $1,000, 
and I take 20% of that, I just doubled my investment. Mm -hmm. That's black and white, like, great, cool. This is working or it's not working. So I said, cool, let's try to pitch agents on this. And again, agents were kind of receptive to it, as receptive as it is to pay up front for something. Mm -hmm. um, but again, we didn't roll it out at open sponsorship. So for me, actually, and I... I, I, I had an idea of like, cool, brands can't pay monthly membership because then they're just going to keep leaving. We can't take a percentage of any type from this deal because then we need to lock people on this platform. And, you know, it got to the point where we were like blocking phone numbers and blocking email addresses. And I'm like, that's yeah, not yeah, the yeah. best way to go about doing marketing deals. Yeah. Um, and, and it's something where I knew that we had to charge athletes and agents this membership. That was the only scalable way to go about this. So towards the end of my time at Open Sponsorship, I actually started my own sports marketing agency. Mm -hmm. um, and what I did was, because I'm like, great, I can ask agents if they want to pay for a membership, but I've never been an agent to see mm -hmm. how big of a problem this is. I've talked to a bunch of them, but let me see actually how hard it is to contact these brands and where the problems persist. So I started my own sports marketing agency. I made an Instagram account, basically. That's why I do the nice. air quotes. And I DM'd probably a couple thousand athletes on Instagram. I probably DM like 50 a day. And then I get blocked and then I would just go about it the next day. And I would say, look, I've been in sales my whole career. I started working at sports marketing. I would love to be able to bring you marketing deals. I don't want anything exclusive and I want 10% commission because I'm not doing it for the money. And I got 12 replies or, and 12 people said yes. And that's a horrible percentage, you know, 12 out of a couple thousand. However, it's more than zero. And mm -hmm. it allowed me to do reach out on behalf of these athletes and say, hey, this is my agency. Here's the athletes I work with. And it allowed me to go through the full sales process. I used open sponsorship. I used open doors. I did cold email. I did cold outreach. And I saw as a sports agent where the pain points were. And it wasn't the actual deal of like the transaction. It was the, what companies are out there? Who's mm -hmm. the right person? When are they looking to work with athletes? And how can I contact them quickly and easily? So market price, what we've built off of is that for one and a half years, me being an agent, how can I make my life as a sports agent a lot easier? And that's again, like we, we built our solution based off of a problem to solve a problem, not because mm -hmm. it's bright and shiny. And that's been the coolest part of, of what we've done with Mark Price. And again, it's been a great sales story. Hey, I was in your shoes. Is this something you struggled with? Is this something you struggle with? And every single agent's like, yes, this yep. is exactly what I experienced. So that's why it's been received so well, at least. And again, it's it, it set us up for a really long-term success. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the important part, right? It's, can you, you have to be scalable in some fashion, but as you said, you can't scale until you've proved the concept, which, you know, as you said, mm -hmm. you've had what, 150 brands, 500 athletes, or do I have those numbers reversed? Uh, no, you're correct. Oh, nice. Been listening. Good job. Um, and not only did you start your own marketing sports marketing agency to really figure out exactly what those pain points were, as you said, but that was kind of your side hustle at the time, because you even noticed like, mm -hmm. Hey, like, can't totally just do this, especially if you're not doing it for the money. You're only taking 10%. Some of these deals, maybe 2000 bucks. That's great. It's only $200 in your pocket. You only can get so far with that. Um, what was that like? So you went and got a full-time job. You worked at Nielsen. We talked about mm -hmm. how the ratings are fake. We don't need to get into that. Don't worry. Yep. But what, what was it like? And at any point along the way where you had that full-time job, you had that consistent check coming in, you probably felt really comfortable. At what Were there any points along the way where you're like, you know, I could probably... I could just work at Nielsen, right? I could just work in this aspect of the business. I like marketing. I like strategic marketing. Do I really need to build out an entire platform and put all my money on the line? Like, was did that thought ever cross your mind at some point? 
Yeah. Uh, the thought of, do I really want to do this? Yeah. I kind of go into it. So I hear you. No, to answer short, um, for, for me, the, the, all the money, all the time, um, I actually didn't take too much risk. And I, I can tell you why I found a, a co-founder, Sherry Arkan. I worked with him at Robley back shout in the day Sherry. and shout out Sherry R. Um, Sherry R. Listen to this. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. okay. He's he's busy reading a, a book on AWS and infrastructure, and you know he cool. he's awesome. But basically, cool. No, it sounds like a horrible manual. So I'm all about reading nonfiction and like learning. Yeah. But that's something where it's like that. No way. Sorry. Actually, I did read a really good book by the CEO of Twilio called Jeff Law. Uh, his name's Jeff Lawson. It's called Ask Your Developer. Basically, help salespeople talk to developers, talk yeah. in the same language. Some really good stuff for any founder. Yeah, that who works probably for the tech team. sounds really important. But I know some people. Oh, it was great. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to send that. Pe- I'm going to send that book to people. That sounds great. I love it. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate it. Yes. So it's it's great. Highly recommend it. And yeah, it's just for for with Sherryar. I had this idea, and the only thing I knew is the problem, what the solution needed to be. I started wireframing it and drawing it out, what it could look like. Um, I knew, but couldn't have open in it. It couldn't be open price because um, open doors said open sponsorship. It had to yeah. be different. Um, but with, with building it, I actually looked into building it myself with like a no code website. And I went about it. I spent a few hours doing it. I'm like, no, this needs to be totally customizable. And I was like, well, what developers do I know? And I signed up to a few websites and I tried to find different founders. And I still follow Sherry on Instagram. Or I did years ago uh, before we started this. And man, like he's always like just hustling. Like he worked at this company, Zeal. He was always doing real estate on the side. And he always had that entrepreneurial mindset. So I was like, why not just reach out to him? Kind of like the Instagram DMs to the athletes. Why not just do it? Like the only thing I'm losing is time. Um, And that's something I wanted to try. I pitched him on the idea. He loved it. And it was something where he actually spent a lot of time building market price from February of 2020, right before COVID hit, to our launch just last January, a couple months ago. I think the coolest part for me and... Again, I, I say it all the time, but it's one of my favorite quotes. Uh, Reed Hoffman, the former founder of LinkedIn, everyone is the hero in their own story. And it's something where I needed to understand from Sherryar, like what he wanted to do and mm-hmm. why he wanted to do it. Because anywhere between February 2020 and January, he could have been like, screw this. It's not my idea and drop it. But what he did was the exact opposite of like, I'm going to knock this out of the park. And the funniest part is a couple of weeks ago, he FaceTimed me. He's like, look at this. And he showed me this journal entry that he had from, I think it was December, 2019. So it was before I reached out to him with Marketplace. And he wrote a journal entry to himself that, and the creepiest thing ever, journal entry to himself saying that he's going to start a company and have two full-time employees in the next year. Love it. And I was like, dude, you said that before we started Marketplace and before we have right now two full-time employees? He's like, yes. I was like, that's, that's unbelievable. And it's just meant to be. And, you know, it's just being able to find people on the same mission as you are. And our, our full-time employees are the exact way, but uh, I know it's a little kind of tangential, but for me, it wasn't that risky because all I had to do was kind of stay in constant contact with him and help him build this and help really share like, cool, as an agent, here's the problem I was struggling with. So here's the tool that we can build to solve this problem. Um, And yeah, I mean, working from home, Gave me mm-hmm. a lot of extra time to yeah, do that. that. Gave me a lot more helped, energy. Yeah. So I think it was a nice mix of of really everything. And with uh, with your time at Nielsen, when when were you comfortable saying, okay, 
like now I'm not that you weren't a hundred percent in, right. But like, you know, quick math, you spent about eight to nine hours at your other job. Right. So mm-hmm. at what point did you say, okay, this is it. This is done. I'm out. We're going a hundred percent day and night, whatever I can do to make sure this thing succeeds. Succeeds. Yeah. yeah. Um, it got to the point where I wasn't working the eight to nine hours a day working from home. <laughs> I like, I know everyone is, is saying yeah, that. Um, yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, I'm giving it, I'm working eight hours. And then it's like, you're in your slippers on the couch at 11 AM. And it's like, come on, like, are we really working like you would in an office? And for yes. market prices, hey, different. Hey, hey, there's a lot of people working from home that want to stay working from home, man. Let's, let's let everyone believe that, that they're exists. their own salespeople. So oh, yeah, pitch it, pitch it to your story. But no, I, I was not working close to that. It got to the point where I actually quit in, I held on for as long as I could because I knew like, hey, I'm when I quit, I'm quitting and mm-hmm. I'm not getting another salary for the foreseeable future. So I actually quit last November. So about a month and a half what before date? our launch, uh, November 12th. Damn, my birthday is the 5th. Oh, I was like, why the hell are you asking? Just curious. Um, yeah, yeah, no. Important date say, for both of us, maybe. Yeah, exactly. November 30th is uh, the wedding anniversary. Um, I actually Congrats. put it on the inside. Thank you. And we actually got married in 2019. Um, so before the world started burning down, which is good. Cool. I know you can't see it. It's on the inside of my ring. Just yeah, to make I sure I don't forget it. But, it but not like- recommend it more. Um, you know, if you get married, get the... I got married. I just don't wear my ring. I'm not about it. Yeah, no. That doesn't work. No, it's cool. Really? Yeah, I don't oh. like I don't like things on my fingers. Oh my god! All so right. I just was like, I just leave it. <laughs> I, I have a deal with my wife. I have a deal with my wife. The only time I, I don't even know how I got this. The only time I have to wear it is at other people's weddings. So that's what? like what? That's yeah. She's incredible, dude. I'm so lucky. Yeah, that yeah, was it. Awesome. I was like, I don't want to wear this. She's like, just at other people's weddings, and I was like, okay, deal. Like two times a year. Okay, I agree to that. We're good. <laughs> I'm happy. We're fine. Everyone's good here. So yeah. <laughs> what happens if you go on a long road trip and it's just you, let's say on a podcast trip and you're going cross country, you have to bring the ring, right? You may not have to wear it. Let's say you guys aren't going to be no. together. No, no, still no ring. No, man. That's a Hi. great. Yeah. yeah that's no. awesome. Deal is only at other people's weddings and that's <laughs> cut and dry. I love it. Nice that's, and a, that's amazing. Nice hey, and I, 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 I'm happy to have a, a, for the love of our wives instead of for the love of sports podcast. Love it. I'm, I'm more than happy to. It sounds like you're, you're super happy about it. I am as well. Absolutely um, fantastic. And that's, I mean, she's been the biggest part of the market prices success. You know, it's like, I'm working on this at all hours of the day, seven mm-hmm. days a week. And I still am three months later. And I still plan to be for the foreseeable future again. And it's just been like an absolute rock to bounce ideas off of. And I have a lot of good ideas. I have a lot of and more crappy ideas on things that shouldn't happen. And that, that part's been, uh, you know, a lot of fun, but I don't even know how we got here. So yeah, I, I don't remember you either. Um, um, quitting Nielsen going a hundred percent. in. I think that's where we were a couple minutes ago, throwing people under the bus, working from home, yep, not working yep, too many yep. hours. Please don't do um, that. Please don't. But do yeah, that. I, I tried to make sure that I had a full-time job and still tried to do this. And I, it wasn't the, I'm going to have cup noodles and make $0 for three years before doing this. I tried to, have as many ducks in a row as I could. So set up a full-time job, be able to have my wife working, be able to find, you know, cheap real estate. We got rid of our city uh, apartment back in May of 2020. So we haven't been paying rent since then. And it's just been able to like, again, a lot of things fell into place to make this happen, which has been unbelievable. So that's awesome. And going yeah. back to you, to your wife and like your personal life, like what is that aspect of it sure. before we really dive into the rest of market price? Um, what's that aspect of it? Like, as you said, like working, all the time, always on. Like one thing I struggle with um, is if I'm not doing something, 
mm. I have like a huge amount of guilt because I can be doing something and there's always something to be done, right? There's never, yeah. your li- as you said, crossing up off the list is awesome, but that list is essentially never ending because you're the CEO, yeah. you're the founder of a company, always yeah. you're either evolving or you're dying. So how do you deal with that aspect of being an entrepreneur? Because I think that's something that, yeah, people realize it, but it's more the always working part and not the, well, if I'm not working, it means I'm not working, which means I feel crazy guilty. Yeah, absolutely. Um, amazing question. So an entre- entrepreneur or not, the comp- communication between a couple is just everything. And that's something where you can never just communicate enough on where you guys are at. And I'm lucky enough to be married to not a workaholic, but she's like the youngest buyer in Ross Store's history. And she's been absolutely killing it at her job. And yeah. she's been super successful because of that work ethic. And she knows how important working is. And, um, and, and not like, you know, crazy just work hours. And I'm a big fan of like what you put in is more than how long you put in. With that being said, I'm still working from the day second I wake up until the second I fall, fall asleep. But not every single day I'm like that. And the thing is, like, if she has another show to watch or if she's kind of doing her own thing, she understands that this business is so important to us as a team. Again, mm-hmm. like we're in it together. So the more I'm working on, the, the more I'm pushing the company forward, the better off we're going to be later on. And it's something where she's, I, I call her like our CTO, like our chief therapist officer. She's nice. like unbelievable. And she is able to help the entire team move forward. Like she's on, she's in on some team calls and, um, we actually played a really cool game where early, because we, we started this over zoom. Um, and I've never met like the team and we never met in person other than Sherry R and myself. And I was like, we got to understand, like, we got to like try to replicate like the beers after work sort of nice. thing. And, I was like, great, cool. Like beers over Zoom, but not the awkward, like, how's everyone's weekend? Mm -hmm. I said, okay, everyone email Al, my wife, and give them 10 things that we wouldn't be able to guess about you. And she, in the Zoom call, Mm -hmm. read them out. And we all had to guess, like, who's who. And, like, one of them was like, yeah, I, you know, broke my wrist dunking. And it was super embarrassing. I'm like, who's that tall to dunk? And we found out that Evan, our marketing manager, was like 6'4". And I'm like, that's awesome. That's, <laughs> like, that's great. You just didn't know too much about it. Yeah. And it was, it was a really cool way to like learn a little bit more about each other and just try to be a team and try to be a family. And I mean, she's 100% in on that. So she's bought in from the mission on day one. And it goes back to your question of like, should I even do this? Who do you think was in my ear every single day saying, yeah. do it, do it, do it? So uh, yeah, it's all about communication, being able to stay on the same page and the communication to stay on the same page mm-hmm. as bumps in the road happen. I love that. And so a little bit more about Margaret Price. I mean, we kind of understand what the concept of the business is. Uh, we've kind of spoken about it throughout. But tell me, mm-hmm. like, what's what's the elevator pitch? What's the what's the uh, ha- bring bring? Hello, I'm uh, athlete X. Who's this? Like, what, what, what do you what do you tell people when you get on the phone with them? Yeah, so. I do. It depends on who's on the phone, brand, athlete, or agent, um, a little bit. But elevator pitch is, you know, two-sided marketplace, connecting or empowering brands and athletes to connect directly within two clicks. Um, and, and that's something where if you're athlete X, so if you're like some secret professional athlete, Michael, I'm not sure if you are. Are you? Maybe? I'm not. No. no. Played JV so, baseball. Had a uh, walk-off hit in one of my last games. Claimed to fame. That's about it. Yeah, that's pretty that cool, off. man. Not bad, that's man. that's Not pretty bad. cool. Now I'm nervous. I'm sweating. Yeah, I didn't out. know I was talking to some superstar athlete. Uh, no, so if you're an athlete, you're able to 
log in, create an account by yourself. Agents can create accounts for their athletes. And you're able to log in and see what we call campaigns. Think about like a job posting from different companies who have all signed up to market price because they specifically want to work with athletes mm -hmm. today. That's why they have a live campaign running. So it's the right person at a cool company at the right time where they want to hear specifically from you. And you're able to apply to work with them in two clicks. And that's something where we work with CBS Sports, we work with Bleacher Report, we work with Fashion Nova and Zappos and Bet Rivers and some awesome huge companies, all the way down to really small companies. We work with like a dog CBD company, so CBD for your dog. We work with a men's skincare company. We work with PETA, the nonprofit organization for people against the ethical treatment of animals. And all of these companies are totally different in really what they do, um, but they all specifically want to work with pro athletes. So empowering athletes to find companies who want to hear from you and really take marketing into your own hands of, oh, cool, fashion company. Yeah, I love fashion. Oh, Hemper, which is a marijuana accessory subscription box where they send you subscription. You know, yeah, I see your face. Yeah, cool. Um, I went to college, so that, that would be interesting. Um, that yeah. might be interesting. NFL and NBA athletes. No, thank you. Sorry. UFC fighters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Retired athletes. Absolutely. So to each his own, and you should be able to, as an athlete, be able to not only see the companies, but again, in literally two clicks, like you click the campaign, you click apply, you're able to reach out to that company, send a message. And I think the biggest differentiator with, you mentioned open doors and open sponsorship, not being the middleman, actually allowing these athletes and brands to connect, to allow them to get on phone calls, to allow them to email each other, to allow them to text. Other marketplaces do not allow that communication because then they'll miss out on their big 20% that they take from every deal. So we don't care about that. Yes, we have tools to help the deal process, but we're actually more so a marketplace, like a dating app, seriously, mm -hmm. like connecting these two people and letting them go their separate ways after they connect on market price. Um, and that's the way that our business model is set up. Yeah. And, and as you said, it's, it's a subscription for the athletes, right? So the athletes are the ones mm -hmm. looking for the money. So you charge them $100 a month, right? athletes it's 49 bucks a month 49 a bucks month a month. month membership so you could try it so out for 30 days leave afterwards yeah and you can essentially and brands it's free so you can as an athlete as an agent you can just go in and say this looks cool and as you said it's it's not just the right person it's at the right time because they're running live campaigns they are currently the brands are specifically looking for athletes at this time so i mean i've used those subscription platforms in certain ways i'm sure you have as well where it's mm -hmm. hey here's the right person and you reach out and they're like, no, it's like, oh, okay, well, that stinks. Well, now it's, here's the right person. And they're like, yes, we are looking for athletes. Let's have a conversation. So you can at least get yeah. to that point, which I think is really important. Um, exactly. How do you find all the brands? Like, obviously you worked with brands in the past. You, you did your own little thing for a little while. You worked at open sponsorship. I'm not going to say you found contact information anywhere, whatever. That's not the point. How do you mm -hmm. find all the brands and say like, hey, this is what I'm doing. It's free for you. Why don't you come on and, and let me know who the correct contact is? Let me know what your phone number is, because now you're going to get inundated with athletes. Like that sounds great and kind of awful all at the same time. Right. So how, how, what is the pitch to them to say, just, just give me all your information and let me make this easy for you. Yeah. Uh, the, the pitch is like the easiest thing of all time because it is free. And I, I like to call it more. So I'm sure you've heard of product market fit. I like to kind of call like founder market fit of that was my job sales since I graduated mm -hmm. college, calling brands as 
car dealerships in New York, all the way to Anheuser-Busch and everything in between. So that's my specialty. That's what I'm really good at. And that's something where as a founder, you absolutely need to know what you're good at and what your superpowers are. And I'm not sure if you read The Morning Brew, but Alex Lieberman, their founder and CEO, says Mm -hmm. this all the time. Know what your superpowers are, but it's more important to know what your superpowers are not. So the developing side and tech side, sure, I can learn how to speak to these engineers and developers, but I need to give it to them and let them handle it where I'm focusing on what I'm really good at. Like our our first hire was a marketing manager where there's no ROI tied to it, right? He's not bringing in sales. At Open Sponsorship over the course of three years, we never hired a marketing person. And I knew for a fact, I love marketing. Marketing is important. We're selling marketing. But, you know, actually hiring a marketing manager and spending money on it, um, that's kind of crazy, especially as a young company pre-revenue. You know, we hired Evan, who's unbelievable, um, before we even launched. And it's all about, like, adding talent to the team in your weak spots as a founder and being able to then, for me at least, cool, I'm going to do the sales with everybody. I'm going to understand the pain points of everyone, what our pitch is, where it lines up the best, and then eventually bring on someone to scale that. And like, cool, here's what you can do. Because then if I bring someone on, I know if they're doing well, I know if they're doing okay, and I know if they're doing poor because I've done it before. They can't say, hey, well, I've tried this and it didn't totally work, you know? So that is my specialty on the sales side. Um, I mean, I have some tips and tricks on how to find new companies and reach out to them that uh, I think gives me a leg up. So I'm not going to share it, Michael. Don't do that with your eyebrows. So, uh, yeah, I I maybe I could give a couple of tricks, but no, it's something where I've been reaching out. And I mean, we're adding five to 10 new companies every single week. And every single athlete and agent I speak to, their number one thing, other than closing deals and making money, has been cool. You add so many cool companies because for them, they get to go on the campaign screen and again, something you can't do at open sponsorship and open doors, see these different companies, these new companies, whether it's like a punching bag company or a green juice company, or just a company you may not have heard of. And as an athlete, it's like, oh yeah, they're cool. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of you before, but I'll apply to you in two clicks or you know what? Not interested. And then go to the next one. But we're adding so many that it's actually fun because they've never been able to do that before, which has been really cool. And so the brand side, as you said, it sounds pretty easy. It's free and they get now opportunity to work with all these athletes when they need an athlete, when they want an athlete, but that there you get real revenue from the brands. You have to bring on athletes and agents because they're the ones that actually will end up paying your bills. How, what is, how, again, knowing the pain points, knowing the, everything that you know, how do you reach out to athletes like Quan Alexander? How do you reach out to some of these like incredible NFL, NBA athletes, retired athletes, Uh UFC athletes and pitch them on dude, it's 40, $49 a month. Like you just have to find one deal and it covers it like eight times over a hundred times over. Like how was it difficult in the beginning? Cause you said you have 150 athletes now. Did I mess uh, my numbers up right, again? You got Damn, right 500, time, athletes, got right 500, athletes, 500 athletes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have 500 okay. athletes on the platform. That means you did an insane amount of outreach and then did good work, which hopefully then led to athletes finding out about it and signing up on their own. But especially mm-hmm. in the beginning, like the concept of it before having all the brands before adding five to 10 brands a week, how hard was it to go to athletes be like, just pay me. And you said you, you worked in this spot. So what was it like going yeah. to athletes and, and agents and saying, give me money and I promise you, you'll make more. Like, what's that like? Yeah. So again, I think it goes to the founder market fit, right? Like I've worked with a lot of athletes and agents. I've been in their shoes. So I'm like, look, 
I understand that what you're struggling with. I, I assume it's hard to continually find companies to reach out to. Yes. yes. When you find a cool company, LinkedIn how do you reach out to LinkedIn Sales Navigator them? costs almost $100 a month. Yes, you are correct. Keep going. Yeah. And then it's like, who's the right person? How do I actually get in contact with them? If I reach out to 100 people, you'll probably hear back from five of them and then four of them are no's. And the other one is like, contact me in three months. Yeah. So it's like, I've been part of that problem. So I can just level with them. Of like, guys, look, I, I understand that this is a problem. Is this correct? And the part of me being that agent for a couple of years, it's like, great. Now I know that it's a problem, a pressing problem for a lot of these agents, as well as athletes, like, and even athletes working with agents of like, oh yeah, they didn't tell me the companies I'm reaching out to. They don't get me enough deals. I wanted to work with this company, but I never heard back and blah, blah, blah. Whatever it is, I've been a part of it, which is really helpful. Um, that it's also something of just like, you got to reach out and you got to hustle and you got to find these different, um, different athletes and agents to find. So Instagram has been huge for us. Um, always working and always reaching out, at least for me, um, being able to have as many conversations as possible. I mean, if you look at my calendar, obviously Michael going to take time for you, but I mean, last week I probably averaged 10 to 12 calls a day, um, of just pitching everybody. So a lot of coffee, but again, the thing is, it's like, the fight again, not to get too corny, because I understand it's going to sound very corny of like the fire inside of myself of like, I know that market price is an unbelievable solution. That is so much better than everyone else out in the market, because we solve an entirely different problem than everyone else tries to solve. And that's been the most fun part for me of I could literally talk about it all day, every single day. And it's something where those people on the other side of the phone they could probably hear it and listen to it as well. And they want to get part of the fun. Like I've never got off a phone call, at least in the first three months and an agent or athlete's been like, I don't really see what you're trying to do here. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this is going to work for me. And, and that's crazy. Like every single person I talk to, it's like, that's a great fit for, um, and it's even better if they've used open sponsorship or open doors. Cause I'm like, look, I hear you. You're trying to solve this problem. I understand why these platforms can help you. I made Markheist to help you with that exact problem that you're struggling with. So again, that's been, it's been genuinely fun. And again, I mean, we're just getting started, man. Like we're, we're, we're not even three months in, so I'm pumped to see where we can end up. Yeah. Only, only a couple more minutes here. Cause uh, if your calendar is full, uh, I know you have a call coming up here in five minutes. So some successes that you've seen, I mean, signing up all these athletes, signing up all these brands is incredible, but what are, what are some of the other things having a, a full-time team, right? Having two, yeah. three, four full-time members. What are some of the successes that you've seen specifically in these last three months that get you even more excited for the evolutions that are going to come to the platform, to the positives, to the changes that will inevitably be coming down the line. Yeah, absolutely. So I, uh, if I didn't say the team, the team is number one, but we've already talked about that. So I, none yeah, of them are I, listening. It's not a big deal. You're fine. Honestly, I hope Actually, you should make sure them. Is, you have to yeah. make them listen. Yeah. never mind. I take that back. You have to make them listen. <laughs> you know the thing, you don't have to make anyone do anything. You got to find out what they want to do. Okay. And yeah. Blah, 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 blah. So, You're the CEO. If you want them to listen, just, I would appreciate you asking them to listen. How's that sound? <laughs> yeah, I think big milestones. I mean, for me, it's got to be the the 500 number. Um, that, that's been amazing just because that's product market fit, right? Like if we had 50 after three months, then it'd be like, oh, that's a little worrisome. We have over 120 companies signed up. Great. Awesome. Or 150 companies. Um, we, we've been growing at a rapid, rapid rate. And that's just been just full on adoption of what we're doing. Another cool milestone is we actually recently hit over like a dating app, like a match on a dating app. We passed over 700 matches recently between brands and athletes and agents. That's been awesome for us because that's just the platform working and getting them to connect and getting them on a phone call or an email or getting the messaging on our platform. 
that's been just absolutely tremendous seeing how many people are actually connecting. Um, but then another thing too, is just like, and this is something I've never done as a founder, right? At Open Sponsorship, I was in the weeds of every, every one of these deals. So there's a lot of things I've seen before. And there's a lot of things that I've been able to predict that what would happen of like, this is why this user is doing this. This is why these users are doing this. And the thing that I haven't done is like continually learn from users on market price, right? Because we're still so young. So I think one of the coolest things is we started working on this tool um, and, and it was actually called um, like after a free product deal, you're able to continue working with a brand. So an athlete, let's say gets free product and then they stop getting free product. And then they're like, now what? Like what comes after this deal? We're building in technology and we're testing out some really exciting things to help athletes after they get free product solve the, well, now what? What happens now how do next? I get money? Yeah. And we're helping athletes actually put together proposals that we send out to brands with them for. And we've had a couple athletes close deals that are a few thousand dollars just from free product deals because they came afterwards. And that, exactly. And, and again, that pays for years of membership for these athletes. So it's a no brainer to stick with us. But I think the point of that story was just like continually speaking with every single one of our users, which I do all the time, but then also being able to learn from their experience of like, what problems are you struggling with and what solution can we build to help those problems? And, uh, you know, that, that's again, been a really, really fun part. Um, but I think that's a pretty cool milestone as well. Just being able to iterate and stay on our feet. I think it's fantastic, man. I think you guys are doing some really cool stuff. And this is like perfect timing to end the interview because uh, either your internet or my internet does not want to cooperate right now. So, uh, Jason, this has been absolutely fantastic. Sincerely, sincerely appreciate all of your time. Looks like we're getting you back into focus here now. Uh, Jason, I don't know how big of a delay yeah. we're on, but where can everybody find you on the internet? Yeah, I I, I hope you can hear me, Michael. Um, it's going in and out a little bit, but yeah, I got the thumbs up. Great. I missed, I missed your face. You were frozen for a little bit. So I hope you heard me, but basically find me. Um, you can find me on Twitter, Michael Raciel's favorite place, uh, at, at, at Bergman tweets. Just kidding. No, find us at market price, uh, P R Y C E. Um, and that's something where just go on our website, learn a little bit more about us, follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, for me, I'm Bergman tweets on Twitter, um, Instagram, just Jason Bergman, but go check out market price. Like you're not going to want to follow me, go check out the company that is going to be doing some big things in the sports world, but still definitely follow Jason because I'm sure there's some inspirational quotes and some motivational, uh, um, motivationalness that comes out through what you do. Cause you're reading books all the time. So we appreciate that. So we're up, yeah. up against it. Uh, I'll make sure to put everything in the show notes for everyone to check it out on YouTube as well on the podcast, but Jason, this has been absolutely fantastic. Sincerely appreciate your time and look forward to uh, you crushing the game, man. Can't wait. Have hey, a great day, everybody. I, I appreciate it, man. Thanks. Bye, everybody.